Welcome to the So So Scrutiny Podcast. My name is Robert, and my buddy over there, Corey Stocks, Ticks and Talks. Yo, how are you? Good, man. How are you? Great. Pop quiz. Who is this? It sounds almost like like uh, um, uh, Katy Perry. No? Yeah, it definitely sounds like Katy Perry. It, is, is it a newer artist? or? Yeah. Um, shoot. It's not Lady Gaga. So good. Nope. Who the heck is it? <laughs> Different ethnicity. <laughs> what the shit? Oh man. It's a hard. I don't think you'd know who this is. I'm off the scene here. So this is a lovely lady named Lizzo. Oh Lizzo. Yes, I know who that is. She's awesome. Dude. Okay. So super we'll, cool. Setting up the episode a little bit. We're going to uh, review a couple albums. I'm gonna do Lizzo's new album. Really. Yes. I figured we've been doing a bunch of emo, screamo albums. And, yeah. And I keep seeing videos of this chick, like, killing it on stage. And I just love, like, her vibe. And I was like... Is she the one that, like, that does the song, like, I'm a bad bitch? Or is that a different... Yeah. I think it was on her, like, last album. I think. Oh, that's super cool. With, with the flute. Yeah. 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 That's, that's why the first time I, like, saw her was, like, that viral video of her playing a flute and calling people a bitch <laughs> super cool but this song is uh like a girl which is funny because it's my favorite song on the album this, this song is like so like pop punk yeah it's got like this you know head bobbing oh chorus. i love the little like the little kind of like uh keyboard in the back too wow no 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 this album is very well produced well i'll get into it in a little bit Just yeah man the episode a little bit and um what have you been up to man Oh, uh, this last week was awesome. I got to go see Against Me. Oh, that's right. Um, Against Me is one of my favorite punk bands. Their singer is a badass. She's incredible. And she's really... You want to talk about brave people? She really put herself out there as a trans, like, transgender person Mm -hmm. and really kind of set the standard for what that punk rock kind of community would look like. You went in there and it looked... It was a complete community in that show. All of all of the people that really support that community in LA just came together. Super fun. Um, it, she kills it on stage. Yeah, she's just where was it at? So good. Um, the Fonda. Oh, okay. Oh, I so like, I, yeah, yeah, I saw Bad Sons there a while back, and I actually kind of liked the venue. Um, Really cool. I've been there in a while, but I I know it's very pretty. It's like this old theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that L.A. has all these really awesome old theaters. The Mm -hmm. Wiltern, we were just there, Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, Yeah, the Wiltern, Fonda. I'm sure... Have you been to the Echo? Is that kind of similar feel? No, no, that's like a total club feel. Oh, it's a different feel? It has two stages, too. There's like the Echo and then the Echo Plex. Oh, got it. The Echo is like the one on top, and then the Echo Plex is below, and it's bigger. It's a cool little venue. It's kind of like a chain. It's all black and grimy. That's cool. <laughs> but um, cool. And then who else played that show? It was against me. This. I, how come I can't remember his name? Chuck Reagan, singer oh, of Hot Rod, uh, Hot Water Music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then Toy Guitars or something like that. I think it was like Toy Guitars. Huh. They're pretty cool. I haven't heard of them. They're on Fat Records. They play kind of surf punk, sort of. It was it was cool to see the progression. Like you had that, and then all of a sudden went way down with Chuck Reagan because mm-hmm. he's acoustic. Yeah, but his voice is so gritty and gravelly. Loved yeah. it. 
And then, of course, against me, played all of White Crosses, one of their the, it's pretty far back, 10 years to the day, I think, the other day was wow. what she was saying. And then they did Transgender Dysphoria Blues, which is an extremely dark record, but all of the music sounds really bright and happy. It's awesome. Yeah, this record. It's really, like, upbeat, but the lyrics are super dark. Kind of, like, saves the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, they're so I have, good. I have nothing against against me. That's funny. Um, I need to give probably them a, a good chance. Never seen them live. Oh, I wish you would have been there. Yeah. That was perfect. I should have. I've heard nothing but good things. So. Yeah. Well, they're coming back. They'll be back around. So. I could be down. Let me check but that then, out. Yeah, we both went to a, a show. Um, yeah. So the listener kind of knows what against me sounds like. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Big f bomb there. Sorry yeah. About that. <laughs> Well, the, well, she's kind of allowed to. Yeah. She's been through it. Yeah. Well, she says, she says, um, you want them to see you like they see every other girl, but all they see is a faggot. And wow. it's really just dark, dark, kind dark. Of found, yeah. I don't like saying that word, but in this context, it's super important. Um, for a novice against me fan, is this a good album to start with? Um, this I? one, it's really catchy. But I would start with New Wave. Against it. New Wave's a really good one. Yeah, Has, it right now. Like a picture of like a cat's face or big cat. Yeah, gotcha. it's a good record. Downloaded. Um, All right. Really, really good. They, I, I just, I think we're entering an era of like punk rock is kind of coming back a little bit, and people I like that. People are getting tired of the computer sounds. Yeah. Want raw. Yeah. See how people actually play stuff. Funny, the guy that worked on Skylark's record, the first one actually worked on this record. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. He he was one of the engineers, Sick. but he's cool. Like him. Ben. <laughs> nice. So then, yeah, we uh, both went to a show on, when was that? Um, Thursday? Last Thursday? Yeah, I believe it was Thursday. One saw probably the greatest rock band right now, <laughs> Rival Sons. If you guys don't know who Rival Sons is... But Go listen to them. <laughs> now, okay, this is the first time you've seen them, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Everything I've been saying about this band is it true? Like, yeah, aren't they just like ridiculously amazing? They're incredible. And I'm not a big fan of the Wilter. I think it sounds like a friggin' gymnasium, especially yeah. from that, that band before them, which weren't bad. I remember who they. I forget what they were called. Something Jets. Uh, the the Warbly. Yeah. Warbly Jets. They're, they kind of. Um, uh, I, they kind of sold me by the end of it. Beginning, I was like, I think it was mostly the sound guy. Too. Yeah, he didn't know what he was. He was still finding that sound. By the end of it, they were pretty good, but it still sounded like a gymnasium. Yeah. But then this band hits the stage, and oh, it's killer. I mean, his JB Cannon, the singer, that kind of room is just for him. It just it yeah reverbs so well with him. But um, I mean, I've seen them as rivals' sons probably 10 times I've been around for a while but I've been following Jay the singer for since he was he did a, um, a solo record that you should probably listen to too it's check that out I don't know if it's on iTunes anymore I don't know if he put I still have it but I don't know if it's up anymore but the dude is just a, a freak I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm pretty sure he has perfect pitch because yeah his I did you hear one bad note from I him? I did I not. I was listening 
as much as I think they're the greatest, I was listening for flaws. Like, but but not here's, that perfect. <laughs> here's the thing, though. Like you you listen to you saw them live, and all of what they were doing is very raw. It's very very apparent that they all their guitars were what they were. It wasn't like an enormous amount of backtracking. Yeah, not even a backing guitar. It, it was, was just killer. one dude. And uh, remember, uh, he he brought out that double neck guitar. Yeah. And then uh, you guys had to take off, unfortunately, because you had school the next day. But dude, he brought out another one, like a different one. <laughs> he had like a different guitar for like every song. Yeah, he he just his presence was really cool too. He has a very he had that like kind of. I don't know he how knows, to describe it. Like he Johnny knows he's cool. Depp vibe. Yeah. yeah. He knows he's cool and everyone knows he's cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's a rock star they, for sure. Oh, they all just... The beardy. I like the beardy. Yeah. yeah. Cousin uh, it. Todd, the keyboard guy. <laughs> he's yeah, great. He's, he, I don't think he's an official member, but he's always... Oh, he's been playing with them for a few years now. Rocking out back there with his beard. Yeah. And Super good. The drummer, uh, I think Miley, I think his name is. He's oh, just, his solo dude. was so dope. Well, with the... Yeah, with no drumsticks. Yeah. yeah, he did a drum solo with just his hands on his drum set, like a conga. Like, it it's was, super cool. I haven't seen that in a while. He took like the snare off and like kind of yeah. sounded more like bongo y or was, something. Like, pitch shifting it and stuff. Yeah. With singers. And, then, and then Dave, their bass player, uh, used to be in a band called Wonderlove that my aunt used to manage. And he Wonderlove. Yeah, they they were pretty rad. I was kind of bummed that they broke up. I kind of remember that name somehow. Dude, they, were, they were pretty big in Orange County for a while, and um, but uh, yeah, he was actually my bass teacher for a little bit too, and I learned so much from that dude. That guy just sits there like it's nothing, and he's just he just like ripping shreds. And he's yeah. a really good backup singer too. But um, well, yeah, they were on it. They were super on it. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see him again. Um, yeah, and then also I did one other thing. On that previous Tuesday, I went and saw Rob from Always Sunny. Oh, yeah. Dude. How it, was that? It was one of the most educational like talks I've seen in person about film. And it was at the uh, Writers Guild Association, which was kind of cool to go, go yeah. there. Because it was open to the public. And um, it uh, he was um, interviewed by uh, the executive producer and writer of that Chernobyl show. I've heard of it. I haven't watched I have it either, not but I've only it. heard amazing things about it. So it's kind of cool that, that this other guy was interviewing uh, Rob. It just wasn't some random you know, writer, but this guy was like a, a two-time Emmy Award winner. But uh, really insightful stuff, some great stories. Um, the dude is just... I don't really like throwing the word genius around too much. I think people do it too much, but man, he is close to it. Yeah, he just has perfected that type of comedy. And to see him, seasons, man. to see him in like a serious mode would be kind of cool because you all mm. every time I've seen him is on. It's about half sunny. and half. He was joking around for sure, um, but I, I think one of the biggest takeaways I I, I had that night was because then he opened it up for questions and answers to all these um, writers that were in the room, and they kept you know. How do you get your stuff made? How do you do this? How do you get in? What should I do? You know, what, should I become a script supervisor? Should I do this? And he just kept saying, like, just fucking knock it off. Just go make your own thing. Just do it. So he was one of the type of people well, then who was like, go, if you have something creative, go do it, he, right? He basically broke down the beginning of Always Sunny and how the pilot, quote unquote, was actually a short that they shot like four different times. And it just never worked until the fourth time. And they kind of felt it, figured yeah. it out. And then pitched it to uh, FX, 
And I mean, that was a long time ago where that kind of thing happened. Not, well, even then, I don't think it happened a lot. I think they were very special in that case. But and did did he talk anything about like did they attend film school or anything no. formal or they they all they were all acting. That's how they knew each other. Apparently, Rob and Charlie met each other on a plane randomly. That's, That's how they met great. each other and just he yeah. heard it. He heard Charlie's voice. Yeah, he just realized ah. oh, this, this guy's <laughs> yeah special. I need to be around this guy. Yeah, and so it was him. It was Charlie, Rob, and um. Did he know? Did was he married to D before? I was, just, I, was just, I was just getting to that. So it was so it was Rob, Charlie, and, what, and Glenn. They did the first three, and so and then when they got picked up by FX, then they needed a girl. So then they casted Caitlin. They didn't know her, and Rob didn't know her. It wasn't until like three seasons in that they started like dating. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it wasn't right away, and then the first season wasn't very successful for him. It was only like six episodes, but FX was like, this is not going good but we like believe in you guys and we think this is like funny and we want to like be behind you. But we really think you need a, an A-list star. No one knows who you guys are. And so if you and a, Danny DeVito on the same time, though, <laughs> this is a great story on the same time though. Um, they didn't pitch anybody, but at the same time, Danny DeVito's daughter who actually uh, appears in the show a couple times, she was a, like a fan. She like caught on to it and was like, Hey dad, check out the show. Like how, cause that's Danny Vito is kind of a dark, what a long shot. Yeah. And so he like reached out at the same time, like reached out to FX. Like, Hey, I want to like be like, You're probably right. more this producing cause he's a it's really answer. good producer. And they were like, Oh, well do you just want to be on the show? And he's like, okay. So they, at first the original guys didn't want him on as much as like Danny Vito is awesome. They're like, no, this is our show. This is not, you know what we intended like what about like selling out oh you're talking about rob and yeah those three glenn yeah yeah, the original guys and but then they realized once danny was on set and just she's danny vito i love how dark he is oh he's danny danny said i think there's only been one time he said no to them and i don't remember what it was but anything that they pitched to him like being naked and in a couch coming out of a couch or (laughs) covered in hand sanitizer rolling around the ground yeah it's it's pretty funny of what he's i i could not imagine what do you think it was that they asked him to do i went to another panel that they were all on which was amazing a couple of years ago and they they said it and i can't remember what it was i don't remember but um something dirty yeah but i that show is just too good and so as you're fanboying out what was your favorite kind of tip that came from he was rob just, do your own thing, man. Go make it. Cause he it, one he um <clears throat> I forget what the show was. It's 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 kind of like a popular one now. It's got two words, but it was a, a wife husband team that wrote this pilot. It was like a romantic comedy skit sitcom thing, I guess. Yeah. And <clears throat> they sent it like a link to the Always Sunny guys, and they watched it, and they were like, "This is hilarious! Like this is so good." They took it to FX, and were like, "Hey, like we want to." be behind this like do you guys want to green light this and fx is like no nah, I'm a, we're, we're good and they're like no this is really good you guys are missing out on an opportunity and they're like no we're okay and so this that same husband wife team took it to hbo and sold it really and it's one of the i can't remember what show it was i'll have to look into it but um he's like there you go like they went out wrote it shot it themselves and then pitched it and then now they're on like season two now of their new show so it's there you go and they were not big writers at the time so and i've heard that a lot from people in the industry just like fucking go do it don't wait yeah. don't wait 
on people to hand you projects and money it's never gonna Just happen do it and keep doing it because mm-hmm. it's not gonna be good oh, until you keep doing another, it another one too which goes with that is i've definitely done this to people where i'll show someone a project a video audio and i'll go it's all right it's not my best you know but listen to this and he he gets that from people like handing him scripts like here check this script out you know i've been working on it along but you know it's not amazing but you know still check it out and his thinking is why are you giving it to me? Got it. If you yeah. don't think it's good enough to like for you, like why do you sell think yourself? Why, right? you know, why am I wasting my time on your half-assed thing? So always be behind your project. Yeah. Even if you don't think maybe it's the best, don't let that down and say, no, you know, that is great feedback. Cause I'm, yeah. I always do that. Yeah. I'm always like, and then disclaimer. If, and then if you aren't totally behind your project, don't give it to that person. So yeah, you like, you know, feel good about it. So, yeah, very cool. I want to see more of those again. It was a cool experience. It's so, awesome. Um, now, uh, let's get into reviewing. Let's, yes. let's, why don't you start, bud, because I've been talking for a bit. All right. So, my album, I reviewed an album this uh, past week. Bit? Yeah. Um, I'll play it from the top, I guess. And um, it's a Devil Wears Prada. They just released this record Friday. It's called The Act. Um, it's... I have a lot to say about it. It's very complex. Very layered. Um, sonically, I love it because it's live. It sounds very live. Like, you listen to the drums and the guitars. They're very live sounding. And those screams are just brutal but it's so good their singer took a way different approach this time kind of like pulled himself back and kind of let the the singer not the screamer the singer did a lot of the work on this record he kind of did a lot of writing for it as well they have two different singers yeah they have a clean singer and then they have the screamer Never really got, got into this band. But, yeah, the, it, it's interesting because usually he would do a lot of the writing for lyrics, but their keyboardist did a lot of composing on this one. So they had an kind of an outside influence, which I think is really cool. Um, there's a lot of layers, though. If you really listen, there's electronics there's guitar and what it immediately reminded me of is um how we talked about thursday kind of being beautifully chaotic this record is beautifully chaotic okay it's weird it's has stuff like this where it's just it's gonna remind me a little bit of like nine inch nails yeah it's art for sure they definitely went an artsier route you know what i mean You've been a fan of these guys for a while? I love the Devil Wars product. I hated them at first, though. It was a weird kind of... I I hated them mm. um, because their first record is super sloppy and all over the place. And his scream was just, like, super high all the time. But then he started to kind of practice different tonalities in his scream. And I think he's nailed, like, his style... He has a very distinct style. Well, they talked about this record, especially Mike, their singer, their screamer. 
he talked about this record kind of being a make or break for them. He oh. said that it's metalcore is not changing, and we want to try to change it a little. We want to we want to make it a little bit different, but this was a make or break record for them. Um, what, li- what level are they on? Uh, shoot, what are they on? Right song, right? Yeah, this okay. one's really good. Um, I think you played it on here, didn't you? Did you yes, I did. Um, I don't know what label they're on right now. I, I, I was, on, you're on all, all music. I am on all music. That should By the way, sick. people, if, I don't know if you've heard us, but a lot of the times when we look up album stuff, there's this website called allmusic.com, and it's kind of like the IMDb of music, where you can like look at previous albums and then look into the albums for the credits and there's reviews and stuff. It's really, I love the website a lot. Yeah, it's it's really good. I just can't find what label they released it on. Maybe it's their own. Yeah, I'm like looking it up right now. I think, I think it would be. Does it say on? Are you playing this through Spotify? Uh, let me check. Does it say it on there? Sometimes nope. Oh. Or wait, maybe at the bottom. Solid State. There you go. Oh, there you go. That makes sense. Solid State Records. I knew it was. I knew it was more. They're kind of lower key. Um, but they've been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, I think the first time I heard about them was when uh, I went with Blackstone to go tattoo. What no. the owner? Yeah, it was Devil Wars. Yeah, it was Devil Wars Prada. I always get Devil Wars Prada, Memphis Mayfair, and the Devil. Oh. Oh, wait, I said it again tonight. Getting them all mixed up. Data remember? No, I don't know. not them because they're too poppy. But it's yeah. like Memphis Mayfair, uh, Devil Wars Prada, and uh, what's this band? Devil Wars Prada. This is Devil Wars Prada. And then Memphis, oh, bring Mayf- the horizon. Oh, bring that's, me the horizon. That's Got the other it. band I keep. I always get those three like mixed up. So I just did it right now. Yeah, and it, but it, yeah, Blackstone like went on tour with them for a while. Yeah, he did. He told me about that a little bit. But overall production, like I think it was really well produced because it they I think they set out to do something and they they actually accomplished it. Mm. It's live sounding, but it has electronic elements in it. Yeah. Um, good. Yeah, the vocals I thought were really good. The lyrics are awesome. What about compared to the last one? I think I like it more. Right. Transit Blues is good, but it was still more. It it was a lot more metal than this. This is a little this more melodic. Falls more into a melodic category, mm-hmm. and I really like that. Like if you listen to all the tones, they don't bring it down. Especially this part. Yeah. yeah super dark i like it um they have a little they have like a f- singing part a uh, woman singing here really pretty um <clears throat> the bass tone always really good because it's deeper in the bassy and that's what they do best um but yeah there's the female voice do you know who this is this is sierra sierra i don't know who that is they just it just literally says like Credit Sierra. Okay. Um, so what would you give it? So also too, we're 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 still working on our scrutiny scale. We we sat down last week and trying to figure out a good point system. And but for now, what would you give it? I would give it like letter, on our scrutiny way. scale, on a scrutiny scale, like a percentage scale. If yeah. We're talking about that. I'd probably give it like a ninety-five. Wow. I really like this record. It hit me in a way where immediately i knew it was you know you know how you have those records where you'll play it and it's a band you love and you're immediately almost kind of let down 
This one's like right I started listening to it and I'm like, wow. Comes out with a punch. Nice. Um but I would highly recommend listening to it as and this is the way I listen to it, as a, a series of short stories. It almost feels like every song is its own little like package. Oh. They flow really well and weave from softer to heavier, but they are their own stories, and I love that about this record. They kind of do, like, their own thing, mm-hmm. you know? Cool. Um, you seen them live? Yes, I've seen them live, like, five times. I like them a lot. Lots of... No, you played this song. Yeah. I remember this song. And I but... Remember- now in I in didn't like it. yeah, but in context yeah, now, with the rest of the record, now I kind of get it. Now they're yeah. like these kind of more heavy melodic songs. Now this is kind of a little. I remember, I remember building up. It kind of by the end of it, it kind of is a little, yeah. yeah. I, I I would say go listen to it if yeah, I'll check it out. It, it, like keep your mind open. And I'm like listeners too. I know there's a lot of screaming, and that's mm-hmm. kind of like a turn off to some. But it's it's really beautifully done. It's in the artwork for it is incredible it's this like painting of the underworld it's just this really beautiful beautiful painting um it's called the act so go check it out 12 songs it's a good little package i think 12 is a good mm-hmm. number of an album yeah and dynamic guitars all over this record love it um can't recommend it more so that was my review. Cool. I'll pop you down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So like I said at the top of the uh, episode, um, I figured I wanted to step out of my listening nutshell and try yeah. to listen to something that's you know not usually what I'm listening to. So I checked out Lizzo and um, her new record, Because uh, I Love You. Um I didn't know what to expect. I've heard like a couple clips, you know, her on stage and it just sounds like catchy R and B rap stuff. Yeah. Dude, this is a great album. Like check I'm it not, out. I'm not going to say that I'm going to probably bump this, but there's a couple bangers on here. Um, like I, the one in the beginning, uh, like a girl was a really good song. Um, I like this one a lot too. This is a uh, featuring Missy Elliott. So I'm pretty uh, sure she like, Oh produce dude. Yeah. For the record. When did this come out? This year. Cool. I don't know what month, but this year. Dude. I love love it. Totally Missy Elliott. Like super bassy, yeah. I like. I don't. I don't listen to Missy Elliott, but I've always like respected her. Like she has like a specific style. Like yeah. Oh, it's Missy Elliott. Just from the music and stuff. Yeah, you can you can absolutely hear it. It's not so just copy and paste, copy and paste the same thing. Like. She throws in little stops and different things. And little noises. Uh, key changes out of nowhere. Like the chorus on this is a different key than the, the verses. But uh, I'm not even a big rap fan. Like I don't... Probably my biggest uh, rap fan is probably the Beastie Boys. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. and the, But dude, here's the other thing. is They have you know that poppy song, the girl song. This more like rap version. But then they have songs like this. Uh, story. Oh, that's a little the same. Oh, yeah. That's... Dude, this, this album... is way different. She hits a bunch of different genres and fucking nails it. That's super cool. Yeah. So, again, very much 
like a single individual story almost every totally, song. Yeah. And it's super positive, you know, woman power, do what you want, you know? Heck yeah. This song kind of reminds me of uh, like Bruno Mars a little bit. Yeah. So the other thing I looked into, the other reason this album's so good, it has like a shitload of composers and yeah. producers, just like that Blink album. Naturally, listen to all the instrument, oh, yeah. like it's the instrumentation. Super, it's man. super well produced. Super cool. So many layers and uh, yeah, man, I, I was, like I was it. Super surprised. Like there, there's like maybe like one track I didn't like, but most of them are just like, yeah, that's a great, like, like I said, like I like when people set out to do something and they nail what they want to do. Yeah, I might not like it, but they did what they wanted to do. Absolutely, and she, she it, nailed it. This song kind of reminds me of. Have you listened to Mac Miller's record at all? Yeah, yeah. Very similar, like takes, takes funky a, vibe. Takes a kind of a turn to a different genre, but still yeah. kind of brings in with that. But Super he, good. But she also has like it has like a lot of fifties, sixties kind of feel to it. Like this song, like the sway. Just feels this is very like super bluesy. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, really cool. Did you see the cover too? Oh. She put it all out on the yeah. cover. Yeah. I, I respect people who just like are who they are and love who they are. Yeah. Even when people talk shit, because I guarantee people are um, talking shit I on kinda, I love her attitude now that she's like on top. She's like, fuck y'all that talk yeah. shit on my way here. I'm here now. Yeah, and good for her. Yeah. And dude, I've seen, she dances like a motherfucker too, man. I've seen her on stage. Like, she keeps up. Yeah, and plays like instruments and then better see, than I see, could. <laughs> yeah, love that voice. She's got some soul. But then you know, there's another song like this. I like this song a lot too. It's called Soulmate. It's kind of being your soulmate to yourself. It's all about oh, that's like, super cool. Do your own thing. Like there's a there's a really great line about. I gotta be my own type. I love that. And it's so important. It's such a good message. Oh, this, there, this one. <laughs> That's so good. I love, love those a, lyrics. That's such a like cool line. So. One, well, and, and it's such a it's a message our, you know, everybody our next generation could really really be raised up with. Like I'm not gonna sit here and talk smack on artists, but I mean people like Cardi B and stuff like that. They all of their message. Yeah, their message is skewed. I got you know? a lot of money. You don't. Man. Yeah. I'm on top. You're on bottom. She's she at least like Katy Perry. I like Katy Perry a lot. I have a I have a feeling that you said that. That I bet you there is a definitely at least one or two composer producers on this album. Yeah, Katy Perry because there's such oh yeah Katy Katy Perry. Katie Perry well, it's just it's that message is so important. Like you gotta love yourself, especially with the ladies. Yeah, the nice beautiful curvy ones. I appreciate you, ladies. Yes, hit me, hit me up on Instagram. All women rock. <laughs> So, but, hey, Lizzo, um, is this, was that the name of the album? No, the album's called, oh, Because I Love You. I would, I want to give it an A, Which but like I said, be... there's a bunch of composers, and so she didn't really write it herself and perform it herself. 
I'll give, and it's not really my wheelhouse, but she nailed what she wanted to do on this album, and I'll give it a, I'll give it a B plus. I'll so percentage wise, I guess. Oh yeah, I got already went numbers. Scrutiny scale. I'll go with eighty nine, just nice. right, right below ninety. Cool. But that's, I mean, that's a good review. Oh, good, yeah. good timing too. How about that? Awesome. Um, cool. Now. On to, the, on to the game section. So I've been wanting to play some games on this this show, and we've we've caught, we've come up with a couple, and this is the f- the first one uh, that uh, I thought of. And uh, what was it we were gonna call it? Oh, oh, it's right. Oh, it's right there on the top. Potent quotables, just like potent potables. Anybody? Jeopardy? Potent. Quotables. You didn't know what that was, but it's on, I did it, not. It's on Jeopardy. It's usually a, a category, and they make fun of it on. Um, remember when uh, Will Ferrell was on SNL? Yes, in, in Sean Connery. Yeah, that's usually that was usually usually one of the categories on there. Just potent potables. So potent potable is what it's, it's it, it uh, refers to alcoholic beverages. Got it. So we got potent quotables. Awesome. Um, so the how the game works is I'm gonna play. I gotta use my phone. And just for dis- <laughs> disclaimer, I'm not selling myself or anything. I here, tried but... okay, so to set it up the best <laughs> way because right now we're gonna do it just to Corey. He's gonna be my contestant today <laughs> on potent. Quotables. Um, I'm going to play a clip of a movie f- of a famous quote from that movie. Now, you have three chances to get a point. Uh, one point if you just name the movie. Got it. Two points if you can get the quote, but you're off. So, you know what I mean? Like, if you say one word off, it's like, you got to get... Yeah, you gotta I got to ding me one point. You got to get the quote exactly right. Got it. And then three points if you get... Get it right. Exactly right. So, All right. And I tried no to pressure. Cho- First one, I tried to choose some of the most like famous kind of quotes in movies. So think big movies. All right. All right. So we'll go with number one. Let me fast forward a little bit. All right, here we go. Okay. I never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed me. No. So what's the quote? Luke, I am your father. Ah, wrong. Son of a bitch. Two points, but you got the right movie. Well, what movie is it? You got to name the. You got to name the movie too. That would be Return of the Jedi. Yes. Is that five? Oh no! Is it Empire Strikes it's Back? Empire Strikes Back. Okay, got it. So you got one and a half points. God. Uh, the real quote. See, that's I chose this one because this is one of the most misquoted quotes. Yeah. Everyone thinks it's just Luke, I am your father, but that is not the quote. It's this. Conflict and bring order to the gap of your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. So that's the quote. No, I am your father. It's no, I am your father. So got it. So I got one and a half points for the first one. Dang it. And I should know because Empire is my favorite one. I just haven't watched I chose them. that one because I know it's one of the most misquoted yeah. things out there. All right. So, no, I am your no, father. I am your father. He never says Got the word Luke. All right. <sighs> All right. So, I'm one and a half points in. Can I make it up, people? Okay. Number two. Let's see. Is it... W- can I Hold say on. it? Damn it. I, I keep pausing it too far. Too early. With roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Awesome. Nailed it. Three points. You know, you know what? I, I knew immediately what 
I knew it was Back to the Future. First one. Or is that the second one? I believe it's I believe it's one because it's when he's introducing yeah. him, but um, I was going to go with whole, the whole like when this baby hits eighty eight, you're gonna see some serious shit. That's a good one too. Like I love that line. <laughs> I want a shirt with that quote That's on a good it. One. I need it. All right, so three points. You got all right. Four and a half points. <clears throat> and I hope all you listeners at home are playing too. Yes. All right, number three. It'd be wonderful if we could have a call in and help me. We will almost like. All right. All right, let's see. What did you do? Nothing. I stirred the tanks. Whoa. Hey. Uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we. Oh, God damn it! I keep pausing in the wrong spot. What is it? Is Houston? We have a problem. But is that Apollo? What number? Thirteen. Yes. Okay, cool. I, this is also practice round. I got to figure out how to pause it just right. It's not pausing. Apo- Apollo 13 is a good one. That was a good like one. that. You know, we got kind of... Have a problem. Whoa. Yeah, good old Tom Hanks. Uh, this is Houston. Ron Howard directed. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. Tom Hanks, one of my favorites. That's a good one. All right, fuck. I messed that one up, so that's an easy point. Yeah, it's kind of... It is kind of hard when you have to try to pause it like right away. I'll get it. All right, so what do I have now? Four, five, six, seven, seven. Not bad. All right. Or no, wait, because I got one and a so, half, then I got three, so four and a half, seven and a half. Corey, these points don't really matter, but they I, matter I, 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 to I, I, me. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. All right. So I'm gonna try. Let to pause me play the one, damn game. If anything, I'll, I'll. You know what? I'm gonna try to do it on the uh, mixer instead. All right. Let's see. And then so this. you have to like really. Turn that dial as fast as you can. Here we go. But you know the funniest thing about Europe is? What? It's the little differences. I mean, they got the same shit over there that they got here, but it's just, just there, it's a little different. Example. All right, well, you can walk into a movie theater in Amsterdam and buy a beer. And I don't mean just like an old paper cup. I'm talking about a glass of beer. And in Paris, you can buy a beer in McDonald's. And you know what they call a... Uh, a quarter pounder with cheese uh, in Paris. They don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese. They don't know what the fuck a quarter pounder is. And what do they call it? They call it a uh, a royal a, a royal royale with cheese. Get the you have to, Ro- get, you have to get the quote right. Say the whole quote. They call it a royale with cheese. What do they call it? They call it uh, Royale, which... That's three points for a Yes, and it's Pulp Fiction, <laughs> one of my favorite Quentin Tarantino movies. Love it. That was a good one, right? I thought it was yeah. Good. And you know me too well. I love my, my, <laughs> All right, my boy. All right, this last one. This one might be kind of hard. What's the quote? I'll be back. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah, and it's Terminator, right? Terminator one, yeah. I'll be back. 
Heck <laughs> yes. That was the hardest one you could have given me. Well, it's kind of Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. It's either going to be I'll Be Back or Hasta La Vista. But. All right. So for those of you counting, I got 10 and a half. Woo! So, New World Or no, wait, 10 and a half. I'm a terrible teacher. I'm not um, I'm a terrible host. I'm not even keeping track. Uh, seven, eight, nine, ten and a half. That doesn't make sense. You got one and a half. You got all of them except the first one, right? Yes. Three, six, nine, twelve. Twelve. Thirteen and a half. There we go. All right. See, listeners, hopefully you can beat that. Yes. And then we're also going to, um, this was a little test, right? They'll get harder. And you're going to do them to me, too. So, one, you know, one week we'll not yeah, do we'll five. Switch we'll do it maybe off. do three, and we'll go back and forth and, and test each other. It's only fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, good job. That was kind of fun. And we're going to have some more other uh, games in mind. we got some other things in, coming up. Yep. So, uh... I guess that's it. You wanna, yeah. You want to uh, play? All right. Middle pop quiz. So also, we're gonna do a <clears throat> step away for a second, and we're gonna go and um, who are you gonna play? Play me a song. Oh, you want me to play the yeah. song? All right. I gotta guess it. You gotta turn it up. Um. Yeah, we're gonna step away for a little bit, and we're gonna bring in uh, Corey's friend Casey Fox. Yes. Correct? Um. We're actually gonna record it on a different day. Um. But kind of talk about uh, what Casey does while I try yep. to figure out who this is. All right. Let's see. No, Should be. Talk about who Casey is. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Casey Fox, she um, she is in the haunt industry or was in the haunt industry for a long time. She's an enthusiast of all haunt events. Um, and I think she has some really great insights into what goes into that because she's been a manager of a maze. Um, she knows the hard work that these people really put in and the passion that they have. And I've been going to Not Scary Farm because we got the Scary Farm pass yeah. for the season. Oh, you can get a pass? Yeah, you can get a pass. Oh, and I'm a nerd about it. Um, and I love Halloween. So I am very excited to talk to her, get some knowledge, yeah. get some truth. Um, just I, to see what goes behind that. I and, love, I love you know? all that stuff, yeah. So yeah. Even though it's not like a... F- it's not so much filming, but it's still in the same kind it's of umbrella. Entertainment yeah, for sure. For sure yeah. um, so that's what we're talking about next week. Well, uh, no, it's on well, this, on this, this week. episode. Yeah, yeah. We're just gonna add, we're gonna tag it on to the end of this. Yeah. Um, I want to guess. Yeah, it's Bayside. Yeah, it's Bayside's just, new I was, record. I was trying to hear the voice under you talking. I was like, I think it's Bayside. This is this new stuff? Yes. Have you listened to it all the way through? You want to scrutinize that next week? Next week, I haven't listened to it all the way through, but I love this song. It's a yeah. title track. It's called Interrobang. It's such a random word. I, I think it has meaning Interrobang, like interrogate, but Interrobang. Weird. Don't know, but cool. We'll see. So yeah, why don't you review that next week? So we will be back. Hey, welcome back. It's Corey. Um, Robert is out, but we'll be back next week. He's out in Hollywood working on a project. But this is my special guest, Casey Fox. That's me. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. Um, so 
How's your week been? It's been good. It's been busy. I mean, I drive down from Vegas just to do Halloween stuff. So, I mean, it's busy, but it's good busy. Super cool. I know you're very much into the Halloween thing like me. That um, I am. At heart. I have like a black heart. So I love <laughs> this time of year. Um, so the coffee, let's start with the coffee we're drinking. Yeah, coffee's great. Because we always bring that up. Yeah, it's from uh, Dark Horse. So I went out to Steelcraft. Have you, have you heard of Steelcraft? I've heard of it, yeah. It's like that movement of a bunch of like shipping containers and they put stores in it and all that. Um, but they have a really good spot called Dark Horse. I've always been very much into Dark Horse and it's all the way in San Diego, but they opened one in Garden Grove. Sweet. So what were you drinking today? It's called Fruit Party. Oh, well, yeah, it's it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> I love the artwork for it. It's like a bunch of fruits in suits <laughs> dancing or kind of in suits. Um, it's a blend of fruity coffees partying together, as it were. So just a shout out to Dark Horse because they're amazing. I love their coffee. Um, but yeah, shameless plug. So, Casey, how do we know each other? We know each other from high school. We go back. Yeah, way, way back. To the awkward ages. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we knew each other through kind of like drama theater. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of through drama because we each took different classes um, and friends with Burnell and it just kind of all worked out. But I knew your wife even before that. You did. I did. I've known her since I was in elementary school. Oh, man. Because, you go way back. Yeah. Because <laughs> Steph was one of my best friends. So... Yeah, it was it, one way or another I was going to end up meeting you. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> and then we, we all started kind of doing drama in high school together and like working with that. Mm-hmm. We all hung out outside of the drama room, yep. which is total dorkiness. But That was the coolest we, place to hang out. Yeah, man. we were the coolest people at our school. Damn straight. <laughs> so, um, yeah, me and Casey go way back. We, we've been very big fans of like the haunt industry, and I thought it would be really cool to have you on to – kind of talk about some of your experience because I know you've done a lot of behind the scenes stuff with it. I've yeah since I worked at Knott's Berry Farm for five years I was definitely more into the behind the scenes uh, working as an usher throughout those years and just being able to just live and breathe Halloween haunt yeah while it was still called that for five years straight and then I just I mean before that I had gone to events yeah and then working that it just I, I can't get it out of me and yeah. I never want to. Yeah, it's 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 an amazing time of year where people just you kind of see the true color of people in like the most amazing way. Most definitely. Um, so we're here kind of to talk about haunt attractions, seeing as it is Halloween season. Um, and you were telling me last was it last night you went to Seventeenth Door or a couple nights so ago? So Friday night I went to Seventeenth oh, cool. Door. Yep, I did that. This will this was my. Let's see. The first year I went was 2016 and I went 2017 and I went last year. I went two different times because my friend groups, not everyone could go on the same night. I had more than eight people that wanted to go. So I had to endure that two times last year, (laughs) which was a little much. But thankfully this year, uh, all my friends lined up. They all wanted to go on Friday night. We had a full group of eight. We did the VIP because that's the way to go. And it was fantastic. That's awesome. And for our guests who don't really know, or our uh, listeners who don't really know what 17th Door is, what, what's the theme of that maze, or so what is it? 17th Door, the, everything changes every single year. Um, some rooms have come back this year from last year, which thankfully, like, my favorite room came back, which is great. Um, but it's it 
It's pretty much a 35 minute walkthrough where you do have to sign a waiver. They can touch you. They can shock you. They can throw Creepy. bugs on you. It is one step above, you know, most of the other haunts that we have here in Orange County or the L.A. area. Uh, this year, the theme is called Fearless, and we're following, we are still following our character named Paula. Uh, she is still in prison. She is in uh, Perpetuum. She's locked down. Uh, we've seen her come through this year after year after year, and she is just, she's kind of at her wit's end. She's kind of at the point where she's just like, fuck this, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Um, so because you're in a prison setting, there there's a lot of hardcore stuff going on, you know? I mean, you've got... You got your showers, you've got your electric chairs, oh, you've got so cool. your, you've got a little bit of everything. So a ton of cool special effects. Most like, definitely. I, they can shock you, yeah? They most definitely can. With, is it like a, like a taser? Oh, it, it sucks. Uh, they, <laughs> there are characters that do have tasers. Um, there are areas that you sit on that you, you know damn well, this thing's going to shock my ass yeah. <laughs> really soon. I just don't know when. Very um, literally. And that definitely happens. Uh, and then there's also areas where you have to crawl and you can get shocked on your hands and your, your kneecaps. God. Now, I did that twice last year and I hated it. And I, I will say that I... I kind of took the low road this year and <laughs> I there are enough anxieties in my normal life and yeah. I just kind of went, you know what? If I can sign up to not get shocked, I'm going to do that. And they have that option. Yeah, so that's good. So you can get what's called a mercy pendant or as they will tell you in every single room, every single monster will look at you and just go, oh, that's a pussy pendant. What you, oh, what you got the pussy man. pendant for? And it's just literally because I did not want my kneecap shocked. Oh, yeah. That, but it's, it's five bucks. And honestly, five dollars to get bucks. in. No, just for the, the mercy. Oh, pendant. for the pendant. Yeah. And it's got just it. a little glow stick. And they it saves you from about 93% of the uh, the shocks. So it's not even guaranteed that you won't get completely shocked. Yeah. Um, but most of it, you're not going to get shocked. And then it saves you from bugs. Now, I don't give a shit about the bugs. Last night, I did a bug event where I'm handling bugs all night. Yeah. That doesn't bother me. And I just, I kept telling the monsters, I'm like, it's just for the shocks. I yeah. Just, I just don't, I, I've done this, you know, four years in a row. I've done other mazes that shock you. If I can just skip that tonight, I will be a happier person and yeah. I will do everything else and that's fine. So which kind of leads me into the next thing. You 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 work a lot with animals. I uh, do. And could you explain that a little bit before we then talk about what you're doing tonight? Yeah, so I I have a lot of uh, a lot of animal experience in different ways, uh, which sounds kind of wrong. Um, so I'll elaborate on that so it doesn't sound like a different type of uh, career path um right <laughs> yeah. now i'm a full-time pet sitter i run my own business up in las vegas that's where i live uh and i do that full-time before that i was a full-time zookeeper and i lived on property at a zoo facility just north of las vegas and i and what was that place called that was called rusenmore it has since uh shut down and the animals have been relocated to okay. other facilities and uh so i'm no longer with them uh but that granted me a lot of cool side gigs and weird stuff like i've been on television i've been on podcasts it's, which it's, wait which which uh which television show remind me uh, i was on conan o'brien nice. and jimmy kimmel that's a couple so times cool each. yeah it was super fun um but before that uh when i still lived down here in california yeah um i volunteered at the santa Ana zoo 
and I worked for a lady that ran a traveling arthropod zoo, which just basically covers the arachnids, the insects, the millipedes, the the centipedes, the crustaceans, all the bugs. Which ties into your hunt. It most definitely you're, does. You're like fearless when yeah. it comes to, to going through mazes. Tonight Absolutely. you're doing tonight you're doing a couple things. You're doing what you said. What, what was it? Boo at the zoo. Boo at the zoo at Santa okay. Ana Zoo. Exactly. Cool. And then seven or uh, Sinister Point afterwards. Man, you got a long night ahead of you. It is, and then I drive back to Vegas first thing in the morning. But the, is it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but I just flew in from. Uh, phoenix from my graduation right like, so this is this is kind of early for me too because i got home really late but um when it comes to boo at the zoo it's is it more of like a family friendly kind of thing definitely okay yeah. cool now for some adults the thought of having a bug near them is absolutely mm-hmm. terrifying so that could be their their push for the entire season yeah. that could be the <laughs> yeah. scariest thing that they come in contact with but it is a family friendly event they do have a like a teenage little uh haunted house quote-unquote set up that the kids can go through but it is the kids can trick-or-treat there's little stations they can dress up and then we have i will be in the explorer outpost handling bugs probably doing the photo booth section where you can either hold a madagascar hissing cockroach or a millipede no thanks (laughs) screw universal and knots if i go there i'm gonna shit my pants so i don't think so um so in your experience, you've run a lot. You've been through a lot of these kind of mazes and like sort of helped out with a lot of them, like especially specifically at Knots, right? At um, Knots, I did work around them. I wasn't yeah. really in any of the production or any anything like that. But since I was an usher all year yeah. round for the shows, I was around all of it, which was really nice. And I have a lot of friends that work there. Some Super great cool. friends that work in the audio department, some great friends that work in media, some friends that are even maze designers. Oh, so you get to just cool. see and hear a lot of stories and you get to, yeah. I mean, Knott's is home. Knott's was my first haunt ever. I went there first time in 2003. Oh, fell it's, in love with it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I was 13. So it was the first year that I could really go. And yeah. I only went through a couple mazes because at that point I was still like kind of scared. Yeah. But I was, I was hooked. Yeah. And it, it that's kind of my experience with it too. My parents took me, I think in like 93, I don't remember, like 93 through 95 sometime in there, we went and they bought the tickets. They're like, all right, we're going to go in. And I got scared. I was like super freaked out. So they're like, well, we got to leave. Like, right. So we ended up having to leave. And my dad was like, it's okay. But one day, you know, watch, you'll like this. And eventually I really did. And um, the first time I remember going, it was like when, when they had that like Alice in Wonderland themed one, like yeah, Malice the in Malice Wonderland. in Wonderland, yeah, yeah, and like the c- clowns, carnivorous clowns, and all that stuff. I I, re- I felt like at that time there was this like, it was like they were deep into it at that Absolutely. point. Um, they and since then have just kind of held their own like the whole time. Um, do you have any crazy like behind the scenes stories or like things you saw that were like? crazy that they had to endure like any of the actors or anything or heard about it um you know like at knots yeah in particular at knots in particular or anywhere i guess you've seen knots is definitely the one where i've known the most people i think mm-hmm. the craziest thing is the amount of pain that they endure from guests oh, and it really sucks. sucks um there was one year i believe uh i was running one of the shows uh in the boardwalk area which yeah. during halloween haunt or now not scary farm is uh the carnival area so you've got all the clowns 
And uh, one of the clowns actually got stabbed. Stabbed? Yeah. By um, just somebody by brought crap in? Yeah, and that's before they had a lot. The I mean, they were still trying to wand you, but they didn't have the walkthrough, yeah. the sensors. Oh, and that sucks. It just, people ruin everything. I don't understand why. I, I think it's like an ego thing. People yeah. go in and go, oh, you know, don't, don't fucking scare me, man. Don't, you know, don't yeah. get up in my face. And it's like, that's what you're paying for. Yeah. If you don't want to get scared, go get some coffee, go to a bar, get some beer. Yeah. Like, don't go to these events. These actors are doing their job. And a lot of these actors have, have they do this all year round to keep up. Yeah. You know, the the sliders that are out on the in the street sections oh, yeah, of, those guys of are Not crazy. Scary Farm. A lot of those guys practice all year round. You know, you've got a group called Decayed Brigade that that goes and Really? There's like there's like there are groups. There are groups legitimate groups that get together all throughout the year. They'll do conventions and they'll put on shows and they'll get oh, together cool. and go to skate parks and, and different areas. They keep up with this. This is their life. Most so there's, yeah, there's definitely like a, like kind of a society within definitely. that, like a culture. I like that a lot. Oh yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So it, it sucks. I mean, I still, even, even with all the metal detectors, I mean, people thankfully aren't getting stabbed or anything like that anymore. But I mean, I still, you know, I have friends that were like, nope, I was full on assaulted last weekend that sucks just because someone decided they didn't want to get scared right then. Yeah. That's in for listeners. Like if you're, if you're afraid enough to like swing your arms or be freaked out and hit somebody, it's probably not good that you go to those. Um, I know that I get freaked out, but my, my reaction isn't like, bah, mine right. is like, Ugh. I get like, you get smaller. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, like, <laughs> tighten up and I like freak out. Um, so the, that does sound like some of the, bigger challenges is like getting hit and you know having people react in a way that would really suck for absolutely some um i know i've heard i've had a couple of friends who've worked there my friend brian worked there for a while okay um and he he was like newer he only did it for like three years and he he said he would get stepped on he'd get yep. kicked he'd get like I think one guy like spit on him. Yep. Like, what the hell are you doing there then? Like, this is supposed to be fun for both the actor and the. Absolutely. You know, there's almost this like communication um, between the scarer and the scary. There's this like kind of energy going on. But if you, I don't know, it just ruins the vibe of the night. Um, so, having said that, like, what are what what made you love like working at that time of year with with all like at knots like or at at any any event where you you know you get to explore the the halloween side of things definitely so i mean i've loved halloween since i was a little kid like my mm -hmm. my mom we would always set up a graveyard in our front yard so halloween was always like the way to yeah. go i was never the kid that wanted to be a princess um there was actually I lied. There's one year I wanted to be Princess Jasmine for some reason. Huh. We went to Disneyland, tried to buy the costume, and it was either too expensive or not in my size. Um, so I was uh, Frankenstein's monster instead. Hey, that's awesome, um, though. Right? <laughs> that definitely so close. Um, but as soon as I was able to work, because I graduated early, so I graduated when I was 17 yeah. uh, in 2007. And as soon as I was able to work uh, the, that first year, um, just a couple months after I graduated, I went to Knott's and I went to apply actually to be a monster. And I went with uh, an ex-boyfriend and uh, actually Brian Staley, who you know. Oh, yes. Um, and we went to go get hired to be monsters. For some reason, 
My ex got hired in. I don't know why he was somewhere else. I cannot remember that part. But Brian and I were sitting there. Yeah. And this guy came up to us and he goes, well, what are you here for? We said, we want to be monsters. And he goes, oh, all the monster spots are full. What? Yeah. And he's like, uh, how about do you want to be an usher? And we're like, what's an usher? And he's like, well, can you say hi? Welcome to the show. So we're like, hi, welcome to the show. And he's like, you sound like <laughs> ushers. I think you should be an usher. Um, and so he got us started on our paperwork. And that was actually Jeff Tucker who was my boss for the longest time. And if anyone has ever been to Midsummer Scream, which is the Long Beach convention that kind of gets the uh, Halloween phase of the year kind of jump-started, yeah. any of the, the Knott's Berry Farm panels, they're almost always emceed by Jeff Tucker. Yeah. Uh, for a while, Jeff Tucker was writing The Hanging. Jeff Tucker is a man of many talents. He has done... So many things. If you go to Halloween Haunt and, you know, not Scary Farm, and you're listening to some of the voiceovers on any of the mazes, you've probably heard Jeff Tucker. Yeah. And he was he was basically all the ushers like he he was dad like he was you know he was our boss, and so he got us into that. And then um, just starting to work that and just I don't know. There's something about working at night and dealing especially at a theme park and dealing with crazy guests yeah long hours that just makes it feel your crew is family yeah and oh, so yeah, totally. haunt has always been family and the reason that i stayed at knots for five years was because of haunt you'd get through haunt you'd go through the christmas season you'd get this spike of like okay we have a little bit of, of low time and then we have spring break. So it's going to get crazy again. Then we have summer. Oh, I think it's time to quit. Like I've been here too long, but haunts right around Haunt the corner. Haunt rolls up. So it just, it's this feeling of family. It is this feeling of just home, like I said. And it just, it just kept me coming back. And it, it's just that, that feeling. I don't know. The, the smell of fog and yeah. latex masks, like that is the most comforting scent on the planet. And then, I mean, I'm the type of person that gets excited off season if I hear a leaf blower because it reminds <laughs> me of a chainsaw. That's so And I awesome. think that I'm home. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that's, that's rad. Like, that's it's such a cool thing to, like, really be passionate about something like that. Definitely. Because um, I even heard... Uh, What's his name? One of the haunt designers, like the main designer this year. John Cook. Yeah. John Cook's one of the big ones. He's the one that it, did like Paranormal Inc. and The Depths and, and Dark then, Ride. Yeah. And then even um, Universal's guy too. John Murdy. Yeah. They yep. both talk about how like, oh, once the season, like halfway through the season, I'm already planning for Absolutely. the next year. It's nuts how like how much goes into it. It's all year. It's crazy. So- of all of the haunts and everything, yeah, and you know a question is yep. coming. But like, what what is your favorite? Where do you what what, what do you think is like your favorite? I guess you kind of have multiple categories. I here, do. There are like, definitely multiple categories. Uh, it's like nostalgia or or like what is, I guess. Um, what what's the best scare? I guess first. Oh, see, that's really hard for me because I actually 
unfortunately don't scare. Don't scare. Ah. Um, we were just, when I went with my, my mom, my brother and my best friend on Thursday night, mm-hmm. uh, we were just talking about that. And I, I just, I don't, I don't scare. I walk <laughs> through, I kind of like dance you know, around no fear. <laughs> and, um, my friend was laughing cause he's just like, you know, some of these monsters need to read their, their audience a little bit better. I think they think, Oh, it's the girl. We're going to scare the girl. Yeah. And you don't flinch. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I know. I, I kind of feel bad. Like, I almost want to, like, you know, yell and yeah. be like, whoa, you're so scary. You know, but it wouldn't be genuine. Yeah. You know, what's really funny is Liz and I go every year with like huge fans and like go in there with my strut. I'm like, I, I got this. <laughs> I'm not going to scream like a little bitch like I did last year. And I walked in and like, I, I scream. And I, I yell, and my wife is like the most brave person yep. on earth. She's, she's, ah, uh, we'll have her on again one day. But she, um, she loves like the morbid stuff and creepy stuff. So it, nothing scares her. Right. So she'll be like, I'm the tough guy. And then she'll laugh at me whenever I get scared. Cause like I'll be walking, <laughs> just walking around the corner, and it's the simplest scare. Cause some scares are intricate. You have right. guys jumping off of stuff with like a bungee cord. You have, you have people hiding in, like, kind of the scenery itself, exactly. camouflaged. But th- these guys will just come around the corner, like, peek their head around the corner. I'm like, duh, what the hell? <laughs> like Exactly. But Yeah, um, some of them, you got those, like, ghillie suit tree monsters. Oh, and they're yeah. Like, yeah. They're right on in it. And so, I guess, like, wh- which one, like, was really, I guess, stood out to has stood out to you? It doesn't have to be this year, but, like... Of all the years, what which one do you really feel like stood out that could be horrifying for people? Um, I mean, if you're if you're really ready to like push yourself, then I definitely recommend Seventeenth Door. Yeah, like that's that's the one that just goes above and beyond. They're a different breed of of maze. I mean, you do sign that waiver. Like I said, there is a lower tier of of exposure. Like I said, I got the mercy pendant this year, Yeah, but I I don't know. I mean, I've been through, there's another set of mazes up in Vegas, uh, that has a rated R maze that you do have to sign a waiver. I heard about that. It's like three, right? Or something like that. It's Freakling brothers trilogy of terror. And they have their three mazes and their third maze, which is gates of hell is a rated R maze. Uh, and you do have to sign a waiver. And I've done that four or five times. They, the story isn't quite as cohesive, but there are a lot of things to make you very uncomfortable. There is a room that's completely dark with electrified fences, oh. and I got shoved into it one year oh and my shocked God. my teeth. Oh. That was fantastic. That's um, crazy. So I don't, I haven't gone to that the last couple years, um, just because as far as pushing myself, yeah. 17th door is is it for me. I also just don't have as many friends that are into it in Vegas. Yeah. Um, and usually since I'm down here, the latter half of uh, October, a lot of mazes in October don't open until the last couple weekends. Got it. Up in Vegas. So it just, I don't get to do as much. I actually don't really get to do anything this year. When I go back tomorrow, I get to do the Tim Burton exhibit, which I'm pretty stoked Where's about. Where's that? It's at the Neon Museum. So that's actually where some of his movie Mars Attacks was filmed. So it's pretty cool that they're going to utilize that space. Um, So I'll do that. And then before returning, because, of course, I drive back down on Thursday. 
Um, and before I come down, I'm most likely going to see for a third time for this run, uh, Evil Dead the Musical again. Oh, um, I still want to see that. I keep seeing so ads. It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it's in Vegas for a little bit, and then I believe its tour will continue into next year in different cities. Uh, it's so much fun. Yeah. I sit in the splash zone. I get covered in fake blood. That's it's super campy. Cool. It's great. Um, so that's, I mean, those are pretty much the only things I get to do up in Vegas. Yeah. But as far as like a standout maze, I mean, 17th door, the first couple years, like it, it really, really, and not that it doesn't anymore, but it really stood out as like, this is just a different breed of yeah. maze. But honestly, I could touch on every single thing that I've been through and everything has like a different something feel. that's that's amazing. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. Nothing. I don't I haven't walked out of a maze and just been like, that oh, sucked. Yeah, yeah, there was nothing. This didn't bring anything to the table. Like you're you're going to find some really, really passionate scare actors. You're going to yeah. find some great set design. You're going to find some awesome special effects. It's going to be a different form of scare like i'm super stoked about sinister point tonight because they're doing something totally different this year i check that out definitely like they're down at the westminster mall it's a 30 minute experience you're in the fog and it's free roaming is it so this year it isn't like a specific maze it is not a a maze it is more of an escape room like with monsters type thing that's cool you go in i believe they allow about 20 people in for like a 30 minute time slot and you're in this huge room because I think it's at the old like J.C. Penny. Oh yeah, like, over it's there. A huge they put space. it in inside of that. Yeah. That's so crazy. last year they were down in I think uh, Laguna Hills and they were at an old Macy's or J.C. Penny. Wow. And they turned the top floor into a ride. Like they had a, a train going around with monsters coming out. That's and scaring super you. It was cool. So good. So the in this Sinister Point um is would you say it's more of like a Kind of like an independent sort of sort of run. Absolutely. Um, so they've they've done different stuff throughout the years. I think I started going to Sinister Point in two thousand eight or two thousand nine. Yeah. And they've moved around. Uh, back then they were in Brea. The first year that I went, they had two mazes. They had Silent Hill and a maze called Fear. Um, and oh, I remember the Silent Hill like th- that being advertised mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah, it was it was great to walk through the room with the nurses and no. not know which one was a scare actor and which one was a prop. Out. And then they all start moving when you're face to face with them. Yeah, it's great. And then they also have interactive elements, just not not as much as 17th Door, but still very interactive. Like there were years when you'd go through and in order to get into the next room, you had to push buttons and those buttons might have been down in a garbage disposal, oh. which is something that just, it freaks you out. You don't want to reach the hell that. Out of me, even though there's like nothing, that it, it does feed on your feet. Absolutely. Or like you're in a room with a bunch of crochet needles, and in Ugh. order to move on, you have to put the crochet needle into the electrical outlet. And, and so, does it shock? It actually shocks you. So it makes sounds. Oh, okay. It cool. never actually shocked you, um, <laughs> like but you were convinced that it was out. going to. Or there were rooms, you know, that you had to reach into like a plexiglass tube and there might have been bugs right above it. Yeah. Now, again, for me, it's really amusing because like I walked into one of those rooms a couple years ago and I just started identifying the species. Yeah, like, wait, that that bug is 
Yeah. Uh, oh, that's a Madagascar hissing cockroach. Or even <laughs> the other night when I was at uh, 17th Door, I was just like, oh, are those dubia cockroaches? Oh, they're so cute. <laughs> that's funny. Like, it, it's they're adorable because you work with them so much. Exactly. So. Actually, one of my favorite stories from going through a maze yeah. uh, is actually from my first year going to 17th Door, which was in 2016 while it was still in Tustin. And I went through and in any room you can say uh, the word mercy and you will get out of the room and you will just go into the hallway before the next room. So that your, your group can join you can with like you. can like skip the exactly. room basically. So if it's too much, you can just, you can skip out on the room. Now, if you want, you can skip out on the entire thing and you can just say like the mercy of all mercies and get out to the parking lot. Yeah. But they kept saying like, oh, there's this one room so many people say mercies. It's the most mercies of all. And I'm like, the bug room, right? Well, I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, like, let's do this. Bring I it. never get scared. So give me a room that's going to scare me. And we get to the room and they open the door. And I believe it was a scare actor dressed up as a clown. And he goes, all right, you know, this is the room with the most mercies. And I walk in and I'm like, oh, it's. It's bugs, bugs and reptiles and mice <laughs> and rats. Stuff you work with. And he's holding a Chilean rose-haired tarantula. And I just went, oh, it's a Chilean <laughs> rose hair. By any chance, can I hold it? I mean, I totally understand if you if you can't let me. And he just kind of like slumped his shoulders. And he's like, well, I guess this doesn't have to be scary. If you don't hilarious. want it to it be. It turned into like some sort of like a nature exhibit. Exactly. Yeah. It was just like, oh. All right. Well, that's cool. That's and all hilarious. my friends are like, damn it, Casey. And a couple of my friends had worked with me at different zoos, so they were all comfortable with it, too. Yeah. But he was just like, well, this is your minute and 15 seconds or whatever. And so it, we just talked about all the different animals. That's super cool, though, <laughs> like that they would that they would kind of um, indulge you like that. Absolutely. So speaking on extreme hunts and yes. all that, like th that was something I was really curious to hear since you're a haunt lover as well what's your feeling on all these like new really overly extreme hunts so i'm talking like mckamey mckamey manor or i think blackout is a is one that's pretty hardcore isn't Blackout's it? another one that's an experience it's I, I don't believe that it's quite as extreme as mckamey manor mckamey manor i don't even know where it's happening anymore because they I think just it's like tennessee or they just something keep getting pushed out of everywhere that they are personally i think it's too far it's not yeah. it is not a haunt this is a different experience that someone wants that yeah. wants to feel the closest that they can feel to death and torture and 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 do you do you think that that should be like allowed really like do you think do you think I mean, it's I think, too far i think it's too far but i also think that people are going to do whatever they want to do no my biggest complaint is that it gets put into the category of a haunt and it's not a haunt and i know watching that documentary haunters, haunters like absolutely. everybody had that same kind of feeling of like i don't i don't know why we're here to have fun we're not here to torture people exactly and just whenever I see that dude and, you know, bless his heart or whatever he's doing. But like I I see like sociopath, Absolutely. like I see somebody who's like, I like doing this yeah. to people. And there are people that like having that experience. Yeah. I mean, that neighbor came back multiple times. That was crazy. Like that is nuts. And I mean, the Haunters movie, shameless kind of plug right there. It's still on Netflix for the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, John Schnitzer is the one that directed that. He's fantastic. I actually met with him a couple years ago at uh, Sinister Point because he was filming. Yeah. And he interviewed us and because he 
I had said that I drive down from Vegas for that. And he's a great guy. I've run into him multiple times. And I think just, I think it got so much time in that documentary because it's just, it's just this weird phenomenon of people that are obsessed with it. Yeah. But, But yeah, the biggest thing is, is just not to classify it as a haunt at all. It's, it's a very different thing. And I think, because I've seen reviews even for 17th Door. Someone yeah. commented that had never even been to 17th Door and said, this looks crazy. This looks like McKamey Manor. You guys are sick. And it's like, don't don't lump these into not, the same category. Not really that close. Exactly. You like, can, like, I I got a confession, but I like watched one of the videos. Because I was like, I had to understand, like, what what is this? Yeah. And I watch it. It's, it's absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Like the the amount of psychological torture that goes on more so than even the physical like you cut my hair spit my face feed me rotten food whatever but like the amount of trickery he does and the amount of like word use he uses in order to kind of manipulate his guests that freaks me out like more than i think the drowning and the like whatever it is yeah and i think uh after watching haunters i guess in the beginning they didn't even have a safe word they had no word that could get those people out and i think it was either during the filming of haunters or after you know john just kept saying like dude you gotta have a safe word like there needs to be an out these people need to be able to do this and 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 know that they're not going to die. Yeah. And I just it's crazy how much that was fought. And I don't know if the this I know the safe word was around for a short amount of time. I don't know if it stuck when they moved to new locations. I don't know. I it's crazy. It's, it's a different type of thing that I will never understand to each their own, but that is not the thrill that I'm looking for. I suffer from anxiety. Yeah. I've dealt with depression in my life. Haunt is he, and- like Halloween is my favorite time of yeah, year, but I'm yeah. not I'm not gonna go looking for something that's that's going to to make my favorite time a nightmare. Yeah. Like and it still needs to be fun. Like seventeenth door at the end of the day, it's a husband and wife that run it. The the cast is family. I mean, yeah. you watch the videos on their Instagram stories and they're they're all hugging, they're yeah. all they're having the best of times, and that really is what it boils down to. Like I miss working a haunt yeah but at this point like i've tasted freedom and now i can go to all of them oh yeah if i work one i can't do that so that's kind of like the back and forth of that but i still love having friends that work there because then it's still magical it's still family Mm -hmm. you know i can go up to some of the friends that are scare actors and and they know me and and they'll give me you know a creepy sniff of my hair (laughs) or or they'll come by and and you know chant my name as i walk through and or give or try to give me an extra scare or scare people in my group and it's just like a couple couple of my friends that worked there would like would would say stuff to me that was just like an inside joke kind of thing yeah i was just like it's kind of it's cool they notice you absolutely i like that um but kind of to wrap that end up i think the the main point we can get here is that uh, like these ha- halloween haunts are meant to be fun Absolutely. not to meant, meant to be like torture yeah um there can be elements of like okay i get shocked or whatever it startles me but when it comes to psychological torture that's a different level I definitely think. And, and i think the other thing with mckamey manor is that there's no set amount of time yeah if you get into some of these uh like in la they have you know creep 
or delusion or blackout or all these different uh, more like theater aspect uh, yeah. haunts. At the end of the day, you have a time limit. These are performances. Yeah. It does end. McKamey Manor doesn't end until they're done with you. Until yeah. you've completely broken. It's like, and that's that's I, like the terrifying part. There's for people like that 10 hours There's people something? that endured it for 10 hours. It's too much. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, going through even 17th Thor, like I know, I'm like, okay, yeah. this is only going to last this long. And that's, that's the nice part. The world is scary enough as it is. Oh, hell yeah. I, I need... I just need that little bit of safety knowing yeah. that there is an end. And then afterwards I can talk to my friends about it and go, you know, to the cauldron and bar over about in, it. Yeah, <laughs> over in Buena Park and, and chill. And yeah, it's, yeah. and I think that's, that's kind of what it should, you know, that it really should be all about is, is fun. Absolutely. Um, so since we're, you know, we've been talking about haunts this whole time. What what is your event visitation, or what did it look like all the way up until the haunt season ends? So, like, what have you done? Like, what all have you done? So and- so far since the Halloween season has started, I mean, like I said, my Halloween season starts in either the beginning or the end of July, the beginning of August Whoa. for Midsummer Scream. That's cool. Because that is the two day convention down in Long Beach, and yeah. I've gone to that since the opening year. Um, and they, they have different panels, they have different vendors. They also have the hall of shadows. So you've got mini mazes that different companies are putting on. Um, and that's where I get to see a bunch of my friends that are in the, the haunt industry. And then it's the countdown. And then it, it's just a matter of time to wait until you get to go to the first event. Which would be what, like late September mostly? So this year I missed opening night of Universal Studios. I think Universal Studios opened on like the 12th. The 13th. It was the we, were 13th there, we were there that for night. For opening night. It's okay. crazy. Yeah. So they did it earlier than ever. Um, and so I missed opening night for that. I thankfully was able to find out you know, as early as possible, the opening days for, uh, not scary farm this year. So I made sure to block out my schedule. Yeah. Since I'm a pet sitter, my schedule is dictated by my clients and I have a lot of clients. Like i I already have bookings for next July. Well, that's cr- all it's the way up until July. Not solid until July, but yeah. like most of my July is booked out. Cause I have clients that do the same type trip. Yeah. So I need to know so that I can block out the dates so that I can come down to California and do the what I love. Yep. So my official Halloween started with Midsummer, and then my mazes started with opening night for Not Scary Farm, which was September 19th this year. Um, so I went ahead and did that opening night, which was great because I've missed the two last two years of opening night due to clients yeah um but before that i had been at opening night for not scary farm 10 years in a row yeah so you do the, the con- whole like rope drop and exactly everything. and just being there to support people that i love and to just basically say like you know this is home i'm opening the season yeah um so it really sucked to miss those last two years you know i was watching facebook live videos and crying yeah, while like, i was oh, you know man. feeding cats um so i wanted you- speaking of like Halloween haunt, I almost forgot about that. Like what I, I loved knots. Mm -hmm. I went these past couple week weekends, but I haven't been able to get on everything or get in it into everything. Cause it's been so busy. Absolutely. Um, what maze have you liked the best so far? Origins. Origins. Really good one. Down origins. So it's the origins is like kind of 
how not scary farm and like ghost town like it's how, started or uh, it's it's the backstory of the ghost town street area it's the backstory of calico and the curse that was put on calico oh, that's cool and it also the really cool thing about origins is it ties into if if anyone's been to the ghost town alive event at knott's berry farm during the summer uh they reference it and if you go during normal operating hours for knots you can actually see sarah marshall's home which is haunted it's at the end of the the little row of shops where you've got the the knife shop and the gun shop and then you've got sarah marshall's house is that like this sounds so ridiculous but (laughs) is it an actual house like was this an actual place so or is it is like a, made this up this is a prop house for, okay got it for calico got exactly it. this is just their backstory for an entire area and it's really just cool to see this deep story um but if you if you stay long enough and you look in the windows you can see the rocking chair move on its own oh, you that's can see super things move cool. around so then origins is it kind of takes you through the story of sarah marshall getting accused of being a witch and just the transformation and then the curse that she put on calico and it is great to walk through and see all the little easter eggs i mean you've got super cool little areas where you can actually see some of the monsters that roam around in ghost town streets it brings it all in you also have an area that you walk through and you've got uh the the shack that used to be there oh is it the the haunted shack the haunted shack absolutely where you walk up and everything would be angled or the the water would go up in the wrong direction kind of like the mystery spot up north i think there's definitely a place like that yeah but the haunted shack they actually have a a pretty close uh replica at the calico ghost town down or just on your way up to vegas um because that that has basically the haunted shack there so it's nice to be able to still see it Mm -hmm. um but that was a staple going to knots when i was a kid so to have that kind of thrown in there because it is part of calico's history is just it's really cool it is a (laughs) it is a love letter to that entire scare area and that whole part of calico and it's it's so good super cool i like I really wanted to go into that one. And then there was also like the wax works Waxworks. or whatever. And I don't want to overshadow Waxworks with Origins because both of them are absolutely fantastic. It's just as someone that's gone to Knott's Berry Farm since I was a kid, to yeah. have a backstory of an area is really, really cool. Now, yeah. Waxworks is fantastic. It is a maze designed by Daniel Miller, who has put out some of oh, my yeah, he's absolute a big name. favorite mazes that have ever been at Halloween Haunt. Um, like the asylum mazes. Oh, and, I remember you know, those. Delirium those and Tooth Fairy. I love Tooth Fairy. Trippy, ethereal, horrifying. Yep, and Waxworks has got all of that. That's so cool. It's it's so good. He has like a distinct style because I remember going through like Tooth Fairy and uh, Delirium themselves, and just all the like eyeballs mm-hmm. and hair and teeth. It just freaks the hell out of me. Yeah, like that stuff. It's, he. Oh. He puts on some really good mazes. Origins yeah. is done by John Cook, who has also put out some amazing mazes and who keeps just going off to different places and helping other other haunts. Like last year, John Cook started helping Dark Harbor out at the Queen Mary. Oh, yeah. I hear and a lot about that. Yeah, too. absolutely. And so that was fantastic. I'm going to be going back to that on November 1st. John Cook also started working with Haunted Hayride this year and some of the other audio people uh, from Knott's and just different people in general started helping with that. And it's so cool. It's so awesome to have a a haunt community here in California where 
it's not scary to branch out. It's yeah. not scary to all work together because Because people are gonna go to all of them. And it's a passion you know? and it's great to see that passion and yeah. to not just hoard it and go, No, this is mine. It's it's so refreshing to see everyone just love this time of year. Yeah. And just try their hardest to make it the best for everyone. Yeah, and I, I, I very much so enjoy um myself a good haunt. Um but anyway, on the subject of Halloween, there was one last thing I really wanted to talk about just because I know we're both very much into creepy stuff Definitely. is that I wanted to know your scariest moment or story Ooh. just in general or something creepy you've seen. I have yet to experience anything super horrifying or scary like right. um, or unexplainable. Um, even, I don't know, I... All my friends say like, oh, yeah, I've seen some scary stuff. I mean, we had this one time where we were at Andrew, um, one of our friends. We were at his house, and there was a beer bottle, and it, like, exploded yep. Dude, Andrew always gets them, though. He gets Andrew gets everything. Stuff. I know. Andrew got touched at, at Dark Harbor, at, he, at Queen Mary. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's always Andrew, man. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I grew up in a home where... My mom, we would always say that there were spirits. Yeah. And I I just, it was almost to the point where, like, I just wanted to see something. Yeah. I wanted to feel something. Creepy like, my brother, stuff. you know, who's five years younger than me, would come out and go, there's a man, it's it's a Ugh. dark shadow, and he wants me to play with him, but I don't want to. Creepy. And it's just like, wait, what? Like, my little brother is, like, running out here, hey, there's a guy in my room. Oh, shit, I'm right? going to go in there and kick his ass. Yeah. But then it's like, no, I don't know who he is is like yeah. I don't know what it is so I mean I can definitely say that I I have you know felt little little tingles of things and, yeah. and it's just but I've never I've never seen anything I've gone to places like I've gone to Tombstone Arizona hoping to to feel something nothing I've no I mean and it might be the company that I've gone with too you know I went down to uh New Orleans for Mardi Gras a couple years ago and we actually did a full-on ghost hunt we oh stayed, yeah I would imagine down yeah. there would be absolutely we stayed uh it was like a four-hour thing and we were in the back uh slave quarters which had an upstairs and a downstairs and there were i think eight people total and so we split half the night people were upstairs half the night people were downstairs when we were getting all the instructions for all the different like emf readers and evp and and video and audio recorders uh one of the i think it was the emf that just started spike yeah huh? it just kept spiking and even the person and like that was giving us the instructions she's like well that's kind of weird but it's not abnormal it's yeah. definitely someone's you know she sat there and was like well can you make it go red and then like shortly after it kind of go red it? Oh, absolutely creepy. but it was kind of like when we went and kind of did stuff on our own i don't know a couple of my friends were like giggling and 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 whatever and so i just i can't say that i've ever really i've been around people that have felt stuff yeah but i just i don't have that experience and i don't know if deep down i'm i just i'm not ready to take that plunge yeah but i keep saying that i am but yeah i don't know and for me like i'm cool with like the ghosty stuff mm -hmm. uh, you know i'll go I'll, if it's a ghost tour or whatever yeah i'm down when it comes to like evil energies and things like that i really do believe there's good and evil energy out there right so i i tend to kind of stray away from that just because i don't want to invite anything Absolutely. crazy into my home um i don't know for me 
I've only had moments where there's shit I can't explain. Like I've heard noises and things right. like that, but those are all easily explainable if you really get down to it. Right. Um, yeah, that beer bottle incident was crazy when we uh, I was next door and I just hear all the guys like screaming and they ran outside. I was like, what the hell happened? Like I'm just, you know, trying to go to sleep and they're like, there was a beer bottle and it exploded on its own. And I'm like, is there an explanation? Right. I always try to explain things away. So well, I guess I do have something really similar to that. Um, and I remember thinking about it when Andrew was telling that story. Yeah. Uh, out in my my family room, which you've been in my family yeah. room a million times because we have a pool table and an air hockey table. Oh, and yeah. That, that was area. The cool hangout. Yeah. But we had that that big stand up stereo system. Um, and the stereo cabinet had a big swinging glass door Go, yeah. on it. And there was one day when I think we were in the living room or in the kitchen and we just heard this giant pop and we went out like it just a big pop noise. Yeah. And we just were like, what the hell was that? And we went looking. We didn't really know where it came from. Went out to the family room and that entire glass door was just in a pile on the floor. And it was still like popping. Like it was crackling. What the hell? So we could not figure out if it was something vibration-wise. Yeah. But I mean, for something to just shatter like that, like yeah. if it, I don't know, it was, that was a, that was very, very weird. And I don't, I, I don't think of that super often, but yeah. the beer bottle, now that I've heard this the second time, yeah. like that, it brings that up every time. And that was definitely unexplainable. It was definitely weird since nothing else moved. Yeah. It was just that. And that door just decided, I don't want to live anymore. I just want to be in pieces broken. on the floor and still <laughs> like popping. Like yeah. it was like if somebody poured water on Pop Rocks and they just kept like jumping and popping. That's crazy. It was weird. Yeah, that is weird. But for me, it's, you know, I have I have my moments of like, oh, what the hell was that? Or I get kind of creeped out. But ultimately, I think seeing places is creepier. Like Definitely. we used to drive over to, if you're familiar with like the Downey area, there's yeah. like an old asylum there. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was actually just the hospital uh, from what the cops that stopped us told us <laughs> um, when we were trying to like jump the fences and stuff. But um i'm creeped out by buildings and stuff like that i'm not not so much that there's something in there just the whole idea that there's such a history behind absolutely whatever the building is i mean people probably died in there there was probably you know some sketchy stuff going on if it got like closed down or whatever maybe they just ran out of funding right but still (laughs) um you kind of I, I think the mind kind of shapes these stories. Absolutely. And I think, I think the essence of Halloween is like, how, how does your mind shape these stories and how does it freak you out? You know? Definitely. Um, and I think that's, that's why haunts fascinate me because your mind can go anywhere with them. And it's almost like a painting. You walk into a living painting and you interpret it the way you interpret it. Definitely. And I think that's awesome with haunt haunt uh, situations. I've I still need to get out to the more obscure stuff. Never been to Sinister Point. Never been to you know any of the other major things. Seventeenth Door. Another one that I definitely recommend is Reign of Terror out in Moore Park. Where's that? that? It's uh down out in like Thousand Oaks. It's oh a, it's yeah. It's a drive. Yeah. But it is, it's. It's a unique way of doing it because they have six or seven mazes that are all one after another. 
Oh, you so you go one, you go two. Like you wait in one line and then it is the the breaks like you can see like when you get to the clown section, there's a giant like big top opening. But it yeah. is right after you came out of the zombie one. So it's so, not it, you don't get a moment of like you don't. reprieve. Which, you walk which there's, you know, pluses and minuses to that. Like you don't. I've always said that sometimes like it might be nice to have like a, a solid black room in between yeah. the different breaks. So the, it's called almost like a palate cleanser. Yeah. Um, it's like sniffing coffee beans after you smell a candle. So yeah. You don't. Totally. It doesn't linger into the next one. Um, but it's it's cool. I mean, it's really nice. I do that one every single year. They also have a tendency to do one night in like spring in March to do fundraiser for some sort of organization usually it's animals or you know abuse or something like that so it's kind of like this mid-year halloween thing which is awesome it's interesting yeah i I definitely recommend that one though i'm starting to like that halloween is bleeding into other holidays personally um but i i've always been a big fan of just horror and all the creepy stuff. Um, so we are out here in Orange County or LA here. Did you want to like recommend any uh, haunts for the listeners if they can get out? You know, I mean, I always tell people go to Knott's. Definitely yeah. go to Knott's. That is, you know, that's the first theme park that overlaid with a a Halloween theme, you know, uh, years and years and years ago. They are the pioneers of, of the Halloween haunt thing. Um Honestly, there's not really any bad ones. So just give everything a try. <laughs> Read the descriptions. You know, if you're yeah. into pushing it a little further, go to 17th Door. If you want something totally different and you like escape rooms, go to Sinister Point. If you like being on an already haunted ship and you want a great time, go down to Long Beach and go to Dark Harbor. Heck yeah. If you want a, a little bit of everything different, you want an actual hayride with monsters as well as mazes, go to Haunted Hayride. If you want six or seven mazes in a row without a break, go to Reign of Terror. Um, uh, and then Universal, of And course, go to Universal because cool. a lot of them now, especially like this year, I just, I, I love it because they did some original mazes, which yeah. is fantastic. I always tell people that the nice thing about Halloween Haunt is the stories are all made up by by the maze designers. Yeah. Not, you know, save for a couple of years where they had the quarantine maze or the grudge maze or the Beowulf maze, you know, that are based on movies. Besides that, these are all original. And if you want your your mind to have to put together a story, go to Knott's. Yes. Now Universal is doing more original mazes like Pandora's Box or Holidays in Hell this year. Um so you get the original maze, but also, I mean, Universal Studios is a movie set. Yeah. They make movies. They so have it looks great. Exactly. I mean, you once you've seen these movies, you get to walk through them at Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah. Like that is amazing. Um, so there's like I said, there's really not one that I, I that I don't recommend. Which I, is good news because absolutely. you could go to anyone and you know. Now, have a the other experience. thing too is if you're not sure if you really want to dive in and, and pay a lot of money and you know, I might get scared. I might hate this. I yeah. don't know. I've never had anyone jump out and scare me other than a sibling that was hiding in a closet. Um, SoCalHauntList.com is also absolutely oh, fantastic. Cool. And they give an entire list of places in the Orange County area, in the LA area, in the San Bernardino area, Riverside. And it just covers, and it has a little, uh, little key that tells you 
Is this, do you pay for this one? Is this a show? Is this a single walkthrough? Is this at somebody's house? And then how extreme it is. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's, I mean, my brother's girlfriend is not, she does not like getting scared, but my brother does and he really wants to take her someplace. So I let him know about that and they're going to check out some stuff and it's great to be able to support home haunts and, and people that, you know, they get a lot of foot traffic, but they could always use more. Yeah. Heck yeah. So yeah, that kind of wraps up our show. Um, that's kind of all I had to ask, <laughs> no worries. Um, but we are both avid haunt lovers and, um, couldn't recommend it more. Uh, thanks Casey for yeah, joining me. Of uh, course. next week we are going to continue the Halloween shenanigans. Um, may have another guest. Uh, be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram under the So So Scrutiny Podcast. Uh, we're on Apple and Spotify, so if you uh, be sure to get on there and like and subscribe. I'm Corey. Robert's here in spirit. Ooh, <laughs> right? Uh, this has been the So So Scrutiny Podcast. Go tell a friend. <laughs>